0: Welcome to 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 smartpeoplepodcast.com.
1: What's up, everybody? It is time for Smart People Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Stemp. And I'm the other host, John Rojas. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for everything you do. And hopefully you're like, hey, guys, we like what you do,
0: too. I don't know. I hope so, man. Otherwise, we're just talking to all these awesome people and... We're the only ones getting Absorbing all the knowledge ourselves. Today, we talk with Deborah
1: Benton, and she's been doing this for 30 years We've been alive for 30 years. So it's just so cool to soak up the knowledge from some of these people. And for this 30-minute session, she would probably... I don't even know how much money she charges, you know, in her own business. But it's cool to pick her brain and we get to do it for free and pass it out to 10,000 or however many thousand people for free. The world of technology. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. It's phenomenal. We're going to talk about Deborah here in a second. But first, guys, it's holiday season. All we ask is when you do shop and you use Amazon... Go to smartpeoplepodcast.com. Click on the Amazon banner. This is our chance to make a couple bucks in these two months.
0: Yeah, this is the biggest month that we have coming up where you guys are buying stuff on Amazon. You know, every little purchase you make, it doesn't matter if you have Prime and you buy something $5. My we fiance's get... been buying um, paper towels. Good. People should dish set soap. Up, people should set up. They've got a phenomenal like grocery, home goods, recurring program. And you get a big discount when you do that. Just set it up and forget it. And then, you know, every time that an order goes out, it's going to give us a nice little kickback.
1: So enough of that. Let's talk about Deborah. She is incredible, actually was recommended to us by a listener. Chris, thank you so much for setting this up, putting us in touch it's just one of the magic things of this show. But Deborah is a speaker, author, consultant, executive coach. And sometimes coaches get this rap, you know, oh, what are they talking about? And they're, they're just trying to sell their wares. But Deborah, not so much. She's been doing this for 30 years. She writes for Fast Company, Fortune, Forbes, Wall Street Journal. She's mentored the literally top CEOs in the world. I mean, Fortune 50 companies she really knows her stuff and you can just tell that she wants to give she wants to get but she wants to give and she wants to pass on this information especially when we talk about mentors and all that good stuff
0: yeah, and she's been on things from the Today show to Good Morning America, CNN, and she was interviewed by Diane Sawyer too. So you know what? Yeah. I wonder if she has
1: Diane Sawyer's contact. I'd like to get her on the show. We'll get Diane Sawyer in the studio. That'd be pretty cool. That so, com is her website, and she she runs a blog and actually gives good information. Uh John reads a billion blogs. I don't read that many cuz I don't have time, but they're quick hitting and they uh, you know, on her site some interesting content. So, but it's going to be summed up here in the episode. So just sit back or don't sit back if you're driving, you know, stroll with your dog, whatever you're doing, enjoy Deborah. Let us know what you think. And if you like the show, tell a friend. I mean, we're really just trying to get this out there to more people. We're trying to go to the podcast awards, which voting is probably ending today, I think. So thanks for all that and enjoy Deborah. Well, Deborah, thank you again so much. I'm really excited to have you on the show because after looking at everything you've done in the past and all your experience in coaching and business and making people better leaders, uh, it's something that I identify with a lot and I know our listeners do too. Everybody wants to strive to be that better person, that better employee or leader. And so before getting into that, I was hoping you could give us a, a little brief background of how you got to where you are, and your experience.
2: Well, like a lot of things in life, it, it uh, uh, I think necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten into college early, got out early, uh, graduated in three years, and started my career early, and subsequently got fired early. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was like, thank God, it happened. But at 22, I ended up... Uh, going through outplacement and deciding, you know, I really had entrepreneurial blood in me, and if I was going to fail, why not, you know, do it when I'm young, and... I had somebody say, well, if you're going to work for a jerk anyway, you might as well work for yourself. And so a lot of these things came to play, and I thought, you know, why not start my own business? And so I did in 1976 at the age of 22. So if anybody's doing the math, okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was it was a great decision. I had wonderful mentors who helped me, guided me, coached me, taught me, and um, I, you know, got into the thickest things pretty early, and, and then... Fortunately, it, it, it got better from there.
1: So real quick, you mentioned mentors. And I do, I actually kind of want to talk more about what you're doing now. But while we're on the subject, uh, you know, you're reading a lot of the business books or a lot of people talk about getting mentors. But I think it's something that is difficult to know where to start. So how would you describe, did you seek out mentors and, and how would you recommend others doing so?
2: Well, I like to think I collect mentors, uh, and, and I mean that in a good way, and I collect them because I treat them well. One, anyone who's accomplished, if it's a decent person, they know they got there because someone helped them, and they're flattered when someone asks for their help. Now, you don't ask for help or advice, and and, and by the way, it's really asking for advice, uh, not help like, can you help me get a job? It's more advice, how did you get your first job, mm-hmm. you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but you approach a person... And you know you you compliment them, let them know that you like something they're doing, you should know enough about them and it 's easy with googling to find out about them and say you know you you really did a stellar job in this acquisition uh, down the road i'd like to be in the position to do that." Can I buy you lunch? Can I stop in your office and have 15 minutes, you know, of your day just to just to learn, you know, let me ask a few questions if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, most won't turn you down. Obviously, make it easy for them. But when you go in, don't go in like, you know, with ignorance of mm-hmm. of not knowing anything what they've done or, or who they are, but... Uh, being able to, you know, know something, and go in with, you know, I have this problem situation. I'm thinking of handling it this way, but I'd really like your opinion of what you think, and then shut up, (laughs) and let them talk, and whatever they say, ah, tell me more. That's good. Shut up. (laughs) Let them tell you more. Hmm, can you give me an example? Shut up. Let them tell you more. Give an example. Ah, That's good. I really like that. Um, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. And if you ask for 15 minutes and the 15 minutes is up, you stand up and you shake hands and you say, hey, thank you, I hope I can do this again. And then when you leave, you follow up. uh, Say you took their advice, uh, you follow up with what happened. That simple formula of coming in with some forethought on your own Asking questions, making them feel good about what they've done, and then following up lets you collect mentors. And seriously, I have maybe a 100, a 100 plus, and they become friends over time. And everyone who gets somewhere has more than one mentor. So seek them out and then be to others. Uh, for everyone you ask to become, uh, you know, to have as a mentor, you seek somebody out and make an offer of being a mentor to a younger person. Hmm.
1: I love that. No, that re- that's great. And I love the way you broke it down because oftentimes we hear, oh, you need a mentor. And then it, it ends there. But that kind of strategy and equation makes a lot of sense. So I appreciate that. The other thing that struck me was you said you started your own business pretty early. And... One thing that I always wonder, I think it's one of my own issues I have to deal with, is feeling that if, if I'm not accomplished enough, if I'm not older, if I haven't been the CEO of a company or some you know director or something, I have no business not only starting my own company, but trusting that other people should want to pay for my services. How did you get past that? How did you get your first go around?
2: Well... Many people suffer from that same kind of self-talk that you're talking about. Even very accomplished people, uh, they're just as insecure. They're just better at camouflaging their <laughs> insecurity. All right? Sure. And, and really, probably a gift I had was parents who had me feel confident as a person, uh, some mentors and then desperation. I mean, I had to make some money. I had to make a living. I had to have a career. I knew I wanted to be a career woman. I was not going to rely on a, a husband or, or something like that. And I had been fired, so it really was out of desperation. And and you find out that, that you know and have value in something that someone else needs. There's something. And um, uh, hopefully it's something you want to do because basic marketing is – you know, offering something to people that they want. You can't just offer something because you want it. It has to be something somebody wants. But um, So I'm kind of rambling, but uh, desperation and talking myself into it and then having a few successes, even Mm -hmm. if small successes. Many CEOs have told me a version of this story. They say, you know, Deborah, when I had my first success in my career, Uh, whether they were running a business or or whatever, they said, you know, I thought, wow, was I lucky. (laughs) I mean, I was really lucky. The second time I had a success, I thought, wow, wow, lightning has struck (laughs) again. The third time I had a success, I finally got the feeling, you know, maybe this was due to me, uh, at least partially. And so everybody experiences and and it's just sustaining yourself uh, to get past one and two, so you get to, to three and, and realizing that you do have something.
1: Sure. I mean,
2: a, a quick example, even as quite a seasoned uh, speaker uh, and worked all over the world and, and, and many Fortune 50 and 500 companies as clients, and yet I had an audience of something like 300 female CEO of, uh, yes, female CEO types or senior executives from Silicon Valley. And everyone in the room was like a gazillionaire, all right? And, and I'm not a mm-hmm. Uh And I was pretty intimidated, frankly. Uh, and I just thought, sheesh, they, they make so much money. They're mo- so much more powerful than me. <laughs> you know, and so I had this feeling of lack of confidence. So I, I called my husband, and I said, you know, I told him, and he said, listen, you have some knowledge they need, or they wouldn't ask. They, have, you know, they have interest in, or they wouldn't have hired you to do this. Um, they know their stuff, but you know your stuff. So remember that. And then, of course, I talked to my mom, and, and she said, well, say a prayer. And I talked to my dad, and he said, well, go give them hell. So <laughs> all, all those things make up what causes you to be confident or not. And um, if you didn't have good people saying, you know, give them hell or say a prayer, well, you got to say it to yourself.
1: Yeah, kind of take that negative self-talk and turn it into positive self-talk, I think, is, is something important. And, and I know i I think that comes with experience too. You know, you put yourself into a fearful situation, you succeed. And the next time, obviously it becomes a little less scary. So that's really cool. Now, what would you say? Cause I, I know I looked on your website and you've done some amazing stuff. I mean, your blog posts, which I want to talk about a couple, cause they're just really great. How do you describe what you do now? I mean, executive coach speaker, do you coach non-executives?
2: You know, the true answer is anyone who pays (laughs) (laughs) to be a client. But uh, generally I work with uh, CEOs or CEO wannabes, but I've had CEOs ask me to work with their executive secretary. Um, it's you know because that person represents them. I work with department heads, uh, mid-level managers. Uh, I've I've been in this business for so long. I work for the children of some of my clients wow. as they're getting out of college, and and the parents want the kids to have a good head start, you know, um, uh, a leg up so to speak. But really, I divide my time three ways. One, I do a, a ongoing, continuing studying, researching, writing. Um, my 10th book will be coming out in the first quarter of next year. It's called The CEO Difference, How to Climb, Crawl, and Leap Your Way to the Next Level of Your Career. So uh, I write. Uh, one-third of my time is writing. One-third is traveling around the country of the world, giving speeches and, and speaking at conferences and things. And then one-third is uh, being an executive coach where I... Uh, basically, I guess you could say it sounds crass, but I'm like a paid mentor. Um, so that's how I spend my time. Okay. And then I do stand-up paddleboard when I have time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. That stuff looks like fun. We we live in Arlington and right on the uh, the Potomac. People are always doing that. Every day I drive home from work, I'm like, that looks like a good time, that stand-up paddle. Well,
2: it is, and it gives you buns of steel. Yes. So there you go.
1: There you that's go. what
0: Chris needs. Oh, come on.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, we all need it. You know what's funny is
1: I know a lot of the books you've written have the word CEO, in there or executive in it. And I think I I don't want to assume this. And oftentimes listeners give me crap for putting words into people's mouths. But, you know, I think people can want to aspire to be in a position of leadership or autonomy without wanting to theoretically have the title of CEO or executive. Is there a reason you kind of might focus on that title?
2: well that that's a you know all your questions have been very good and and that's another good one. um you know, I have a niche of working with senior levels, and it's good and bad. The good thing is when you work with senior levels uh you can charge more yeah because they, they have deeper pockets <laughs> right The bad thing is too many people think, oh, that's not me right, and I honestly sincerely with the deepest conviction feel you me everyone is the CEO of their life and the same practices processes that make a person successful and effective in leading and running say a business or a team works in running your life and your family and so You know, if I have the time, I like to explain that these are very human traits that I'm talking about here, and and they help you have a better life personally and professionally, period. It just so happens that they also help you in your career and, you know, to accelerate. So that's why CEO... You know, comes in there a lot, and the publishers always want that because you kind of get a niche of 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 knowing knowing that. Right. Uh, Just a question as a follow up too. You'll notice you and I are talking, Deborah, but uh, in the books, they're titled DA, just my initials DA.
1: We noticed that actually.
2: (laughs) Well, the reason is when I started my first book, when I when I had my first book printed or published by um, Warner Books years ago, they said, you know. Men don't buy business books by female authors.
0: No way.
2: So uh, we put DA in. Well, then it turns out they decided I was attractive enough. They put my picture on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. um, Anyway, so that's some of the backstory of the publishing world.
1: That's really great stuff. And it goes to show, yeah, marketing in general. So now I kind of want to move into we have you on the show. You have this wealth of knowledge. I want to for my own personal growth and then for those that of our listeners. I want to talk to and kind of try and get down to some of the things that people pay you a lot of money to learn. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I guess the first thing is in all of you it's it's just so great cuz you have so much experience. I'm assuming you see the same things come up over and over again. And I'm wondering if you could point those out to us and then perhaps walk us through how you advise people to get around that.
2: Well, it's really what you already said about your, your own uh, sometimes, uh, you know, occasional insecurities, and everybody has insecurities in some areas. They might have real confidence in other areas, uh, but everybody has insecurities. And what I'm trying to get people to do is minimize the insecurities and remember the, the reasons they should feel good about themselves and, uh and the way I talk about it is expecting acceptance. You have a God-given right to expect acceptance from anyone under any circumstances anywhere in the world for who you are, all right? It doesn't mean someone might have a bigger title, more money, more experience, whatever. But as two human beings, you are on par. You are the same. And if you go in and act that way, assume acceptance, you just might get it. Hmm. But most of us go in assuming rejection, assuming, you know, the negative, and we certainly get it. I think of one uh, client and, and friend of mine uh, and mentor, and he said, Debra, in my 32 years of running this show, I have never discriminated against a woman or Uh, you know, a man for being a woman or a man. Mm -hmm. I have discriminated against women and men who discriminate against themselves. If they don't expect acceptance from me, why should I give it to them? I assume they know themselves better than anyone, and if they don't think they're worth it to be, you know, on par and talking to me, then I figure they're right. Hmm. I don't have the time or interest or inclination to figure out what they are, I take them as they present themselves. And the biggest problem universally, people don't expect acceptance, which does not mean an arrogant that you are uh, owed anything. That's not what I mean at all. But I mean you have a right to be at that table for whatever reason as a human being alone. Now the flip side is you must give that to people too, meaning you cannot be judgmental towards others. And um, it's very simple. I mean, people often say, well, that's a lesson taught in the Bible or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is um, if you can get to the point with, with whomever that you're asking for a mentoring relationship or a friendship or, or whatever, and you expect and assume acceptance, that they will give you acceptance of who you are.
1: You I really, I really, like that. No, I, re- I really, I like that. And it sounds a lot like we interviewed Brene Brown a while ago, who I'm sure you're familiar with. And it was very similar in the terms of, you know, you have to give yourself the credit you deserve just, just for the fact that you are an individual and that's the, that's the place you have to start. And I, you know, I've always thought about it differently ever since a year or plus back when we talked to her.
2: Well, and, uh, She's obviously smart. That, that is right. And, you know, um, people come at the same truth from different ways. And, and so, good.
1: Well, and she's smart because we had her on Smart People Podcast. So.
2: Right. <laughs> you were smart to do that, see?
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Where's the cart before the horse? We don't know. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use offer code SMART11. I know that I get intimidated
1: by making a website. He does. Squarespace makes it easy. Everything's drag and drop. You can use drag and drop to add content from your desktop and even rearrange elements of content within the page. There's 24-7 support. So if you're like me, you're going to need to rely on them. It's design-focused. You can connect all your social media accounts And Squarespace recently added e-commerce to their platform. So if you want to set up shop and
0: sell things, you can do so in just a few minutes. So if you want to build a website, and honestly, who doesn't? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code SMART11 to get 10% off and to show your support for Smart People Podcast. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website.
1: So the other thing I want to talk about a little was leadership. And I know that we've all, it's funny, I, me specifically, I've been in these situations where I'm a low-level employee and I look at the boss, oh my gosh, you're doing so many things wrong. You don't understand me. You're a horrible leader. And then you go on a couple of years and you get to the point where you have people below you and you go, oh man, their job was a lot harder than I thought. So I was hoping you could kind of, Tell us a little bit about what it means to be a good leader in your your words and what you tell your clients.
2: Well, it's wonderful if you have a good leader, but do not count on it and do not bemoan the fact you don't if you don't, really. Uh, You really have to focus on what does the person do well. If he or she is in a position of leadership, they did something well. I don't know what it is but something, so at least find that out, focus on that. If there are things they do poorly, learn from that so that you don't do that, so you can feel what it's like. And also you have to appreciate when your boss or boss's boss doesn't do things like you expect, um, that's actually a team-building experience because you have to hate somebody, (laughs) and it's better if you hate the boss than each other.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that's so, such a good that point. That is such a you know, good so, point. So
2: really, you know, that that's not dumb to, to kind of be the bad guy. But also the thing is, um, I don't care uh, what organization, every level up n- ha- is privy to more information than you are. Mm-hmm. And so um, when they don't do what you think they should and on and on, that just might be a reason. Now, I'm not trying to be all altru- altruistic and all nicey-nice and not expect. I'm all for pushing back. If your boss is doing something that's hurting the organization, hurting your career, hurting him or herself, you must not be a sycophant and just take it. You must uh, push back pleasantly. Um, with consideration and respect, but you will be valued more if you don't be a sycophant and just accept something bad that a boss is doing and i've actually said i've kind of talked you know about several er areas several answers to that one question but i hope that helps with what you're asking
1: oh no absolutely i mean i'm more than willing to just sit back and let you do the talking i love (laughs) learning about this
2: Well, i I should marry you
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah please tell that to my fiance because she's like you never listen to me so (laughs) Oh man, you know I'm gonna go a little old school on you, but I I, I found this post on your blog that I love, and mm-hmm. it was titled "Bolster Your Self Confidence with Self Assessment," mm-hmm. and that's something that you know I myself went through uh, years of. Um, I, I I don't think, and John, I know the same, and I think a lot of people they they tell us this as well. You know, I didn't really look at what I was good at when I went into my professional career. I just said, oh, I think I want to be the CEO and make a lot of money. And I never did that self assessment. So now having gone through it, I have my own takes on it, but I was wondering if you could tell us the best way you advise people to assess themselves honestly.
2: Well, first of all, there's something like 2,500 different psychological tests that, uh, professional people will gladly charge you to do. <laughs> and, uh, that's one way. That's not the way I recommend. The way I recommend is uh, taking pen and paper or laptop on, on park bench and write your story. Right, where you were born, what kind of work your parents did, influences you remember from growing up in grade school and high school, things that shaped you, successes, setbacks in high school and college, why you chose that college, why you chose that major, why you chose that first job, why you left that job, what you learned from a boss uh, your, your you know what how you met your fiance um, Uh, you know, what you do for fun, uh, what you've learned along the way, your life story. And it's something that's a living document that you can add to throughout your life. And if you have children sometime when they're like 18 or 21, you bound that document up and give it to them. It's a wonderful present. Uh, I mean, so many people I talk to don't even know what their parents did uh, or do for a living. And the whole point is, so you can understand why you 're like you are, because if you don 't like why you know what you are, you know where to choose where to change, and you can choose what to change. But everybody has a different mama, and the reason we don't get along with people, the reason we think someone isn't right or good or honest is because that person had a different mama teaching them different things. And you have to understand everybody has a different mama Hmm. who um, um, uh, taught them what they are, where they are, why they are. But as a thinking, so, so the reflection of writing the story helps you remember it, tell it, use it, um, and then decide what you want to change of it. Because as a thinking adult, you can become what you want regardless of what how you were raised. But it's very valuable to understand how you were raised as a start. So that's the kind of self-assessment I like, um, including, you know, writing up successes, things that you're proud of, things that you got recognition for. And I believe in writing them up in this outline. What was the situation you faced? what did you do perhaps others didn't in the situation to you know turn it around and then what resulted because those stories become the anecdotes that you use to sell yourself in an interview to talk about yourself when you need to you know present yourself to use in stories to use in conversation so this is a living document, and um, you, you should start it now and add to it throughout your whole life. I, I love. And it. if you have your parents still alive, ask them to do it so you know about them. Yeah,
0: I,
1: I love the fact of looking at it as just as much of a historical family document as a self-assessment tool because I sat down with you know my grandmother a couple years ago when I was finally mature enough to realize old people have a lot of good stuff to say and she's not just crazy and the things I learned in that conversation were so amazing that if you know she would have done it over her lifespan I mean it'd be something I'd love to dive into.
2: Well, and that's that's so smart because um, every generation thinks they are the first generation <laughs> who has ever had this kind of problem. Yeah. Well, Socrates and Plato had the same kind of office politics, yeah. all right? And and if you uh, you know ask how you're. Father handled, you know, this kind of situation, or you, or you know, what does your mom wish she had done differently, and that kind of thing. You really get a, a handle on yourself, and it makes them feel very good that you are even care. But really, once they're dead, uh, you'll never know this. And, you know, people go in and they delve into their genealogy. And and what do you learn in your genealogy? Someone's birth date, (laughs) death date, and how they got to this country. Well, that's nothing compared to the depth and breadth of of their story. And um, so.
1: Sure. And now I I was kind of switching gears a little bit. I was wondering, as you were talking about just the different CEOs and all that stuff, do you come across, uh, when you talk to them, things that are just, in general, successful people do or have? You know, things that you just have noticed through years of experience, the people that do this succeed, the people that don't do this don't succeed.
2: Um, Absolutely. And what I teach, I learned from observation and being around a lot of uh, very good, successful business people. Um, I don't come from an academic point of view. Uh, that's that's valid for some people, but it's not for me. I mean, I, I, I know practical, realistic, doable stuff that successful people do, and it starts a lot with what's going on inside their head. It is corroborated with how they handle themselves physically, their demeanor, their posture, their pacing, their facial expression and then their ability to interact with people and make it about others not themselves hmm.
1: that's been a common theme recently i feel like the more really you know smart uh, intelligent successful people we get off the phone and we can we can be like you know it's just great they just want to give or talk to us about things and you can feel that energy and um and those are the people that tend to make it so it's a, it's a good thing it kind of maybe dispels the fact of nice guys finish last.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, uh, people think if they're really good, if they're brilliant, if they're the star, the best performer, etc., that that's going to get them recognition and reward. And it is not. Yes, you have to be stellar in your work, but if you cause others to be stellar, you've multiplied, you've amplified your effectiveness. That's when you get recognition and reward, and you cause others to be successful by how you treat them, how you deal with them, and, uh, you know, know, uh, nice guys don't finish last. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of jerks who make it to the top, believe (laughs) me. I wonder how some uh, SOBs are CEOs, all right, (laughs) but that happens. That happens, and you know, there are some really bad priests and some really bad lawyers and some really bad military officers and some really bad CEOs, but the majority get there by being, you know, this good person, so to speak.
1: I noticed on your website you, you have worked with politicians. I would love to know what that is like, because no politicians are good, right? <laughs>
2: Uh, Politicians do not have much um, issue with confidence. They think they are, you know, God's uh, gift to... uh, And I honestly do not like working with politicians. Um, One, uh, because of their huge ego. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, they're the poorest in paying their bills. Um, Three... Going in, you pretty much have to be uh, behind the scenes. They don't want anybody to know they're using an executive coach. Sure. So if the person wins, you don't ever get any credit. If they lose, then you don't get blamed, so that's a good thing. But uh, in general, <laughs> politicians are going to be the lowest um, of my choice of, of who, I'm, who I'm working with today.
1: Actually, that brings up a good counter question. Who's, who's your favorite to work with?
2: Well, Entrepreneurs. Even over guns for hire, and what I mean a professional gun for hire is a person who becomes the CEO of uh you know uh, some fortune fifty company uh, they're okay. But my favorite are entrepreneurs, self-made people who had a dream, a goal, a, um, a desire, a passion, and went for it. I like them because they're usually the most fun. They often, this, I, I make it sound like I'm too money-oriented, but the point is they do have more money, so it's more mm-hmm. fun to be <laughs> around them. I mean, um, they've got bigger boats. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyway so but but i really I just like the personality I like the courage, the drive, the tenacity the the risk takingness uh um the often the good humor because they don't take themselves too seriously. Hmm. Uh, I love entrepreneurs
0: are you coaching and mentoring more and more women now as well?
2: you know, it's really interesting in my career, I started out uh only men because in the You know, in the 70s and the 80s, it was only men at that level. Mm -hmm. And then I went through a period, and I'm sure it was affirmative action, where I had only, um, not only, but a a, a surge of African-American men. So that was interesting. Hmm. And then, um, probably in the early 90s, I started having women. And I honestly didn't know if I could work with women, because I had just worked with men so much. I just wasn't sure. And, And now it's really... It's probably 50 50 uh, men, women uh, of all races. But nice. um, yeah, it, it has definitely changed over time.
1: Well, that's great. Well, Deborah, we are reaching the end of the show. And I know we kept you on a little longer than anticipated, but we love these conversations. And I wanted to ask you our, our three questions that we, we tend to end with. The first being what is the last great book that you read?
2: Well, I can give an honest answer, or I can give an answer that that sounds good and makes me look like I'm smart. Nope, we we we
1: love the honest answer. We had a guest the other day just talk about some fiction book I'd never heard of, and I said, that is great. So, anything you got?
2: Okay, the honest answer, because I finished it yesterday, Mm. was a rereading of my new book (laughs) coming out in January, (laughs) called The CEO Difference, How to crawl, climb, and leap your way, I guess it is, to your next career. And the reason I say it's the best is... Um, one, because you asked most recent, all yeah. right? So that yeah. was yesterday yeah. that I finished because I'm doing the editing on it. But also, I've put what I've learned in a 30-plus year career, the best of what it is, of what I know that helps people. And it's all about how you differentiate yourself, how you exceed among exceeders. So so that's the answer to the, the question. I, I could say war and peace, but but I'm going to say no, there's <laughs> no difference.
1: No, I appreciate Hey, honesty is the best policy. What application, tool or process are you using right now that is making your life better?
2: Well, probably uh I, I- I had the blue screen of death on my computer a oh, couple no. weeks ago, and so I went uh, for a lot of reasons, from a PC to a Mac, and I'm loving yes. my Mac tool and yep. my iPad Air, and I hate to be advertising them, but that's the truth. It
0: uh, is I the love, truth. I love to hear it.
1: John had been trying to get me to convert for years, and I did it, and I'll never go back. I, it's, I know. Isn't
2: it fun? They're just I mean, so
1: much better. There's nothing yes, you can say. Yes. They just are, you know? <laughs> yeah, well,
2: John is very smart. Oh, John well is.
1: Thank you. Thank you. He's a, he a tech man. And the last one, really, you've given us a a ton of advice, and I'm sure there's plenty more, and and we'll look for it in the book, actually, but what advice do you have for the intellectually
0: curious?
2: That is wonderful to be. Um, If you want to differentiate yourself, you do not have to have an especially high IQ. You only need to be reasonably intelligent, but be insatiably curious intellectually curious about everything everyone no matter who you are your background your current circumstance one thing is for sure you can always learn and explore and experiment in new areas and uh, the last thing you cannot know too much you cannot have too much information and insight that comes from intellectual curiosity so i'm a very big fan of of that mindset
1: we couldn't That's agree awesome. more. The 100 plus episodes of Intellectual Curiosity in, and uh there's there's plenty more out there to learn. So I appreciate that. So, Deborah, where can our listeners go learn more about I mean, tell them about your blog, please. But what wherever else they can they can kind of keep up with you.
2: Well, um com is uh, my website and people can reach me at uh, Deborah at com. I always respond to emails, assuming I get them, because <laughs> uh, sometimes technology fails us, but I always respond. I love to hear from people, and I like to know what they're interested in, because that helps me think of what I need to be writing about. Um, I need to work on getting my blog, which I am doing, working on updating. I haven't written recently because I just finished this book, but, but I'm really going to make a concert, concerted effort to to provide information and content that that people like who listen to your show. Mm-hmm. My friend Chris Seegers introduced me to you all. Yes. He loves your show, and, um, you know, he's one of uh, interesting things. He's like a mentor but he was a student at the university so all mentors don't have to be older as long as they're just more experienced in some area. Huh. Whenever I'm doing something I'll often ask a young person Chris as an example get his opinion because he's a a mentor but just the other direction a, a young one.
1: Sure. So, Actually, that makes uh, a lot of sense. You know, to be honest, and well, I think,
2: particularly that, as you get older, because the young ones know technology and the newest things. Old ones know seasoning and stories, but the young ones know. So you've got to have a mix of of mentors. But anyway, um, so Deborah at deborabenton dot com, or just, you know, just go to my website. Um, I love to hear from people, and I. I I think your questions have been very good, and I hope we can do this again the first quarter when my book comes out.
1: We absolutely will. Believe me, we'll okay, have you on. And it's a deal. Yeah, it is a deal. And I'll probably shoot you an email here or there because these are the types of things I just, I just eat it all up. I love this thing. So, Deborah, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Great, you know, best of luck with this new book, and we'll have you back on.
2: Good. And, and both of you, thank you for your effort in making this happen.
1: Absolutely. Thank All you right, so much. All right, Deborah, have a great night.
2: Good night. All right. Bye Bye-bye. bye.
0: guys i'm going to give you a little behind the curtain access here chris and i are a little distracted by the redskins vikings game going on right now which shows you we recorded this in advance we're trying to record some things in advance we're but. trying to we're trying to churn out a bunch of episodes so that we can get all kinds of cool projects started so that we're not scrambling around each week to put out great content we want to get all our stuff in order so that we can start writing this ebook. I was just about so to say, can, yeah, that reminds so me of the many ebook projects.
1: If you guys uh, want to know when the ebook comes out, get a discount on that, all that good stuff, sign up for the newsletter. Just go to smartpeoplepodcast.com. There's a pop up. If you ignore the pop up, there's plenty of places there. And check that out. We'll be giving some, some good stuff away.
0: Yeah, and after you head over to our site, head over to iTunes and. Radar show, comment, just leave something nice on there, and then tell a friend. Did you see the Facebook post I put today? I did not. I w- what? I didn't see it. Uh, some guys literally left a, a rating the, or
1: a review, the most recent, and he said, this show is, I think, the bomb is the words he used. He said, uh, he it blows my machine? mind, and it says, it gives me goosebumps. I don't know. It was cool. I had to take a screenshot, put it on Facebook.
0: Yeah, let's see if we can come up with another... Adjective? Uh, no. Let's see if we can come up with another Goosebump giving review for us to I see. I like that. I like yeah. that. We'll just put it out there. So connect with us. Let us know what you think. As Chris mentioned, connect with us. Follow us on Twitter, Smart People Pod. Connect with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. We're all over the place. We're easy to connect with. We respond. I'm at home doing who knows what for most of the day now so i've been reaching out to people who have reached out to us and i'm really enjoying just going back and forth with some of the listeners about who they want to have on the show ideas they have for the show and all that stuff yeah if you you guys keep me busy if you're still listening uh let's give a round of applause
1: for johnny quit you know he's been doing the same job for, I don't know, nine ten eight, years, eight whatever years. it years, yeah,
0: doing the consulting gig, and now I'm just trying to do some cool stuff uh, from the comfort of my own
1: home. So in the time he's held one job, I think I've had 10 20 No, not that many. But, and I've been trying to tell him, hey man, you're better off doing something with tech, websites, design, all the stuff that you're good at, as opposed to consulting, which you are
0: not good at. Well, that's I just not, made that up, yeah, really, that's but, not true the, my clients did love me, but you know,
1: I just made that up. But I mean, yeah. who,
0: who doesn't come on? So <laughs> we're,
1: we're not only learning from these people. We are taking what we learn and putting it into action, following our passion, doing the stuff we like talking to people. Hope you guys are doing the same. Enjoying your day. Catch tell, us next week.
0: Yeah. Tell a friend about the show and we'll see you guys next week.